we're back again for another hour of Two Smoking Guns. And as always, uh, I'm just I'm not even going to babble on today and do some sort of massive introduction. Ratsy, hello to you. Hello, you. No <laughs> hello. babbling. Hello, no babbling. No Jake. babble. No babble. No, and it's not because I'm not up and about, because I can tell you, oh, mate, I am seriously up and about. Now, yeah, there's one thing in my that. book, and I, and I think you and I agreed on this, uh, even privately, um, yeah. away from these uh, bubbles in front of us, but um, the first sort of lockdown period we had was sort of really quite safe because the Olympics were on. Oh, which, oh, so, you know, which Lockdown five. I think that was was that five. Five. Yeah, you're right. So five. lockdown five, and and I think we got some sort of reprieve because we we're watching gold medals and watching yes. the oddities, and you know we're winning. Great stories. Not winning, yes. and, but at the Olympics were on, and it was a great thing. And to think that those athletes have waited five years in terms of doing that, but I've got to tell you, old son, hmm. in the last couple of days. Um, I, I, first of all, I'll turn my phone off. So, <laughs> that's good uh, So that's a really good idea. Um, but I've got to tell you, and, and I describe the able-bodied Olympics yeah. as extremely entertaining. Yeah. But I've been watching the Paralympics. Yeah, you, have, you, you, you bowled in here today, no, pumped and about I, and it. I've, and I've got, oh, I've got bits of newspaper and you know names and, and bits and pieces. But, but I'll tell you what it is for me. It not only uh, is the Paralympics entertaining, and, and, the, and the, there are two people for me that are making it super entertaining. Yes. One is Kurt Fernley. Kurt Fernley, you mentioned him. He's just a bloody superstar, mm. and he's so enthusiastic, and, and but, but genuine, right? So he's not trying to put on the, yeah. the sports commentator hat. Yeah. And he's joined by Joe Griggs. Yeah, and, she's good. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah. And in fact, he he um, he congratulated her for the amount of research and the depth of research that she'd done mm. because she hasn't done this before. Yep. And he said, I've seen how much uh, and I've heard how much knowledge you've got about so many uh, athletes across the Paralympics. But... That's got, the uh, Bruce McAvaney effect. Yeah, well, I, I guess so. But um, look, it's a different combination, and it's a lovely combination to watch. Isn't that good? Yeah, it's really good. And and I was only sharing with you uh, be, before we uh, started today. Uh, I've I've come across a sport called goalball. Yes, you <laughs> mentioned this to me <laughs> now, on the way in. Talk me through this story. Well, because I, I've heard of sports before where you've got athletes that are visually impaired. Yeah, and they you know they've got a ball, and there's a you know I think I think even Cricket has got something similar where it's got a, a rattle inside or a bell inside, and, and they do a bit of that. But this is a game called goal, uh, goal ball, and effectively, it's about half the size of a basketball court. Yeah, they've got a uh, a soccer net effectively at each end that's about the width of a of a soccer net. Uh, but only about half the height. Right. There's three blokes per team, and I'm sure there's a women's division, but I haven't seen the women's division as yet. And they're all visually impaired to different degrees. So to make it fair, they're all wearing Batman masks, <laughs> right? Oh, so yeah. they got these, yeah. they cover the nose. Yeah, and, yeah. So oh, they've got these masks. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, one team gets the ball, and uh, one of the team members stands up, and he grabs this ball, and he spins around as though he's doing the, the shot put or the discus, yeah, and he, and he flings it. this ball down the other end. And, of course, these these uh, these athletes can't, can't see, see it coming. Can't see it coming. So they're all lying on the ground, and they've got their arms up, their legs up, and, and it's quite low scoring. But the fact that they actually save them, and the trick seems to be to make the ball bounce. So it actually bounces over oh, the guys lying on the ground. And right. they, they're hoping that their arm or their leg might hit it. So right. if you get a chance to see goal ball, go and see oh, it. Uh, I will. I will look out for it. Well, I haven't seen any of it yet. Well, and the other one that I loved, and I caught a glimpse of this uh, also, was um, wheelchair rugby. Yeah? Yeah, and mate, I tell you what, 
big no, stacks they, there. They, they don't leave anything out. The, <laughs> anything out on the pitch, it's uh, it's gold. Um, pardon the pun, but uh, and then I saw some wheelchair basketball women's last night. Yeah, mate, it's absolutely fantastic. And I, I, I've been, I've uh, genuinely, I've been feeling the pinch a bit in in lockdown six. Yeah. Right, so it's, oh, we all have I think. taking the edge off this one. You know, we're back to back to back to back to back, and and I just thought. I needed something, and yeah. last night was it. You got when it. I, when I got it, yep. So uh, do yourself a favour as Molly Well, look, says. I will, but I, I'll tell you what, bizarrely. Yes. Go on. Well, you're going to tell me. Now tell me, well, the, no, tell well, me what well, I've got to watch. Well, all I was going to say was there the, the, was a Apart uh, from in, Goalball. In one of the papers. Yeah, you've got to see Goalball. Um, the, there was a thing here about um, the top 15. Is that in the little paper? Yes, yeah, the little paper. Mm. Yep. So it's the top 15 must-see events. And I and as I say, I've caught some of these. I caught a bloke last night, um, a swimmer. Yeah. He was in the 50-metre breaststroke, and, and I didn't catch on what affliction had happened to him or what his condition was, other than physically to see that his arms came down probably no lower than where his elbow would be, mm. each side, um, and his legs had been amputated or didn't have legs, mm. literally about half the way down the top part of his leg. Mm. He's in the 50-metre breaststroke. He's swimming. He's wow. swimming, mate. So him and one other one other athlete were up on the blocks for their start. They were swimming against guys that looked as though they'd be in the able body Olympics um, because they were swinging their arms and they were built like Tarzan, but their legs don't work. Right. So they're just all arms. But, yeah. I mean, this bloke didn't have any arms at all, literally. Um, wow. And he finished seventh, you know, out of the eight athletes in, in the men's 50-metre breaststroke final. So, you know, incredible. So, um, uh, I've seen some track cycling. Um, I've seen the the blind athletes where they have a, uh, I suppose, a, 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 a somebody, I can't think of the right terminology and I don't want to offend them. So, a spotter or mm. a seer or whatever they are. Um, and I think they sit at the front and the, the person who's visually impaired sits behind them. Yep. And it's a tandem race. And yep. then they race against another team. It was fantastic. Um, then I've seen t- not a, uh, just, uh, uh, well, I can't remember when I've seen it. I-, I turned it on and I saw the one-legged cyclists. Yeah. So, you know, the yeah. one the guy's got a you know, little sort of stump no, on no, one no, leg. No, around with one and leg. his other leg is just built like King Kong, you know. Yeah. It's just, and they're pounding around the velodrome. And it was, I've just, it's given me, I, I was so inspired and so just delighted that, that you know we've got this forum for these yeah. people to do what they do Fantastic. so dylan alcott's going to be in the tennis the road cycling we're, we're yeah. meant to look out for the para canoeing um uh, and you've got to listen to some of the names of these teams you know well like so we've got the sharks and no, we've got, yeah, you know all these yeah. fantastic names that go with them there's even a bloke playing table tennis that's got no arms and he puts the bat in his mouth. Yeah, I've seen I've so, seen footage of him. Uh, That's incredible. Wheelchair tennis, I spoke about rowing, wheelchair rugby, the equestrian. I, I, so again, you've got people here that appear that they're in a wheelchair, so therefore they've got no leg movement. So I gather it's just yeah, all it's arms. Yeah, just all arms. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, I didn't see the opening ceremony, so I can't comment on that. And then there's a, a, a girl, um, Christy Dawes, and she's in the marathon. I don't even know what the marathon's going to be made up of, but the mere fact she's in a marathon just leaves me absolutely speechless. So if you want some inspiration and cheer on our Aussies, and the last time I checked, we'd won about 12 gold medals already. Wow. So we're out of the box. Absolutely smashing Fantastic. it. Fantastic. 
and uh, just go and enjoy it. It'll put a smile on your face. I'll oh, no, you. I will. I'll look out for that because Mate, I... It's a ripper. I, I got, I've been stuck watching old stuff. Yeah, well, um, get get up to this. But I'll get up to yeah, this. Yeah, get up I'll to get it. Up watch to it, to, uh, you know, watch it... Th- at night time or whatever yeah. you can, but it's mate, it's it's super super good. We'll get into that. Good, good. Excellent. That's a good news story. Here we go. <laughs> well, I've got a little piece here. <laughs> yes. Because you know we're we're still stuck. Yes. Um, stuck. And in the little paper, I noticed through the week, um, Susie O'Brien is a, is a, I enjoy reading her her work. Yes. Um. So she said we can't go out anywhere. So to cheer you all up, here's how you can recreate some popular tourist experiences from the comfort of your own home. Right. And she's uh, listed about 10 here. Uh, I won't go through them all, but she's talked about how to recreate uh, an experience on the Mornington Peninsula, the Great Ocean Road, Sovereign Hill, yes. Puffing Billy, etc. Yes. But I like the observation wheel. She said, oh, yes. climb onto your roof with a handful of friends <laughs> standing very close together. <laughs> Spend five minutes looking at each, other, looking at each of the dirty roofs toft rooftops and rail yards in your neighbourhood. Stay out there for at least an hour, trying not to look in other people's windows while wishing you'd gone to the toilet before you started. <laughs> That's it just about sums up the oh, Melbourne yeah, eye or I was going to say, Mornington Peninsula would simply be opening a bottle of Pinot. Correct. <laughs> the MCG. Ah, oh, yes. Stand in your living room with a plastic cup of warm, light beer. <laughs> <laughs> And a pie that's cold in the middle. Yes. While people taller than you block your view of the TV. Oh, brilliant. Can can you stand in front of me, please? (laughs) Move across. (laughs) Try to impress others by talking about the number of stoppages inside 50. Oh, brilliant. And the passage of the ball through the corridor while marvelling at players' mullets and tats. Oh, fantastic. How good's that? And yelling ball at the TV. And yelling ball at the TV. (laughs) Um, The tan. Oh, the tan. Walk around the block, <laughs> carrying an almond latte with oat milk <laughs> and a takeaway cup while dressed head to toe in overpriced designer athletic gear. Oh, lovely. Talk loudly to your friend Karen, yeah, Karen. <laughs> about the parking issues in Brighton, <laughs> track I've and Pran. I've done Brighton. <laughs> I've done all of Brighton. The Eureka Sky Deck. Oh, this Have you be been up there? Uh, yeah, yes, I have. Yes. yes. Pile your whole family into the smallest toilet you have. <laughs> And count to 88. <laughs> then walk out and stand with your face against a window while pointing out landmarks you can't really see. Oh, brilliant. Awesome. <laughs> Make sure it's a grey day with limited visibility. <laughs> Fantastic. And the, the last one I'll give you is the city laneways, such oh. as Hosier Lane and other famous yes. laneways. Yes. Sit on milk crates in the hallway <laughs> while watching your toddler go crazy with textures on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Turn your ensuite into a hole-in-the-wall cafe with try-hard French names spelt correctly that only serves items that are single-origin, foraged, deconstructed, and sitting in a bed of foam. Oh, that's fantastic! So there you go. There are things you can do at home. Now, how would how would when Su- you can't travel? How would Susie recreate the experience of going to Luna Park? I don't know. <laughs> she didn't do it here, but um, we should request. But I'll, it from I'll, her. I'll, I'll send her an email. <laughs> the Yarra Valley. Park your friend's minivan in the driveway, fill an esky with bottles of pretentious wine you had to mortgage your house to pay for, spend the afternoon sitting in the van getting slossed. <laughs> <laughs> so there's oh, things you can do at home yeah, no, to love, recreate famous love Melbourne and Victorian landmarks. Love I thought that. I'd just share that with everyone. That's a no. sort of a, some tips from us at the Two Smoking Guns on ways you can entertain yourself through this period of lockdown. That's very, very. Now, I did notice through the week, and this yeah. is an old story, but uh, 
I couldn't I couldn't believe this one. Yep. Um, you've seen the the show The Front Bar, Mick Malloy and yep. Sam Pang, etc. Yep. So there was a complaint. <laughs> You know how you get complaints to the whatever the ad standard community panel or whatever. So there was someone from uh, the committee of people who've got nothing to do with their time. There was a viewer complaint that said the show was an advert for beer. Oh no! No kidding. (laughs) Uh, Sponsored by. mm, Let me guess. Let me think. So an angry viewer claimed the show was in breach of the Australian Association of National Advertisers Code of Ethics in that advertising was not clearly distinguishable. Um, I looked at an episode, footy show commentators drinking beer, on beer talking about football, da 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 You had yeah. a bit of a whinge. Yeah. Um, now, if you've ever watched the show, yes, which I, I do, yes, I do. it's obvious that their key sponsor <laughs> is Carlton Draft. 100%. Because they've got glasses off it, and yeah. they drink it, and yeah. they advertise, and they talk about and it. And there's a big sign so behind I, them I, on the wall. I'm, I'm not sure what the point of the complaint was, but he's done a lot of work. And here are these the actual issues in the front part. This is what they have to do. Right. Host Andy Marr must mention Carlton Draft at least three times an episode. Yes. That's fair enough. Tick. Tick. <laughs> Hosts are directed to drink Carlton Draft on set where appropriate and willing. Oh, tick. And some are more willing than others. Tick, tick. <laughs> the producers have estimated that the host would drink 1.5 to 2 glasses of beer per show. Great. What a great gig what this a- is. <laughs> How do you get a start? Guests who appear on the show may choose to have a beer or otherwise may opt for a glass of water or a cup of tea instead. Right. Good. Yeah. Guests are approved by Brewers CUB must have no DUI convictions. Yeah, good. Fair enough. So there's are not binge drinkers and must not mention the effects of alcohol. So there you go. Don't go. Don't, don't repeat the last one again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm not quite sure they tick that box, but anyway. But um, like how you would how you would mistake. The, the, you know, <laughs> the, 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 they're advertising beer. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, the, there's a worse show than that in terms of blatant self-promotion. That's that block show. That's oh, yeah. just ridiculous what yeah. they go through. But that's called advertising. I don't know what the sound the issue is. It's is how they make money in television. Is the person complaining called Mr. Bar Humbug? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Bar Bar Humbug, yeah. Oh, dear. Well, no, I just I mean, think it's a You fan. know what? Every time there's something that somebody thinks they've got an angle to say, that's in breach, that, yeah. Yeah, that's outrageous, you can't do that. Yeah. You know, they just they get on their it's another example horse. of woke culture. What's a woke culture? Oh, we'll get. We'll have it. We'll oh. have a whole episode on that one day. Oh. Anyway, right speaking up. of beer, oh. I do have one other. Before I know, you've got tons of stuff to talk no, about today. Right. No, we're just going to keep bouncing this is, around. This is from Japan, oh. where the Olympics are, Olympics. and the Para Olympics. Olympics. Yes, Japanese researchers Uh-oh. have developed <laughs> earmuffs yeah. that can detect a person's blood alcohol level. What? So we're sitting here today with earmuffs on, yeah. And if I had the Japanese ones, I could tell whether you're drunk or not. Yeah. The I, device. I, I don't reckon you need the earmuffs. <laughs> don't need, need earmuffs. That's correct. Um, it's almost compulsory on this. <laughs> now the device yeah. is fitted with an ethanol vapor sensor. Oh my god. An ethanol vapor sensor. What are you, you got vapors coming out your ears? That me. <laughs> That measures the alcohol concentration in gas released from the skin of a person's ears. Oh, there you go. Gas released from the skin of a person's ears. Who knew? Yes, when alcohol is detected, a light switches on, and the brighter the light, the more inebriated the person is. Does it help if you're deaf? <laughs> <laughs> does, does it not work then? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's the design follows the research discovery. This is the great breakthrough that the concentration of ethanol, which is the ingredient in alcohol, alcohol. that makes you drunk. Yes. The concentration of ethanol released through the ears and the breath was similar. Ah. So you don't get breath tested anymore. You get ear tested. Right. Um, they said they believe the earmuffs could be suitable for police use. So instead of having to blow in the bag, yep. the coppers just hand you a pair of earmuffs <laughs> and you put them on your ears. And if they go, bing, they go, well, you can't step out of the car. And then you can't hear them saying, and you can't list them out of the car. I'll tell you what, my my, uh, my crazy mind's gone a little bit further here. <laughs> and I, I'm going a bit further down south. So what happens when you drop the Roycey heart, and they'll be able to measure that one day? <laughs> sir, you'll need, me more, sir, than, you'll you, need more than EMS for that. Sir, you've had six cans, you've had roti, you've had <laughs> yes, garlic naan, right. and you've had a vindaloo. <laughs> yes. Oh, dear. How about uh, that? Wow. That's a well, novel, novel right? invention. From Who the Japanese. Who would know that gas gets released from your ears? Yeah, amazing, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, right, there you go. Anyway, every day's a school day here <laughs> on the guns. Well, I tell you what, do you like hot dogs? I love hot dogs. Okay. Only at the football. Yeah. And, well, I tell you what, I normally have. What would you enjoy paying $28 yes, for? Yes, I love it. <laughs> I was about to say that. Um, I have them sometimes at the football if I'm not having a pie. Yes. But I do enjoy them at the local football. Yeah, right. Okay. Because they, they do them at the local, you know, Vaffa footy and, you know, get a bit of cheese on them. Yep. And I do enjoy them at the, although they're sausages at Bunnings, aren't they? They're yeah, like hot they're, dogs. they're snags. Yeah. yeah. I, tell you, I, I tell prefer you, a snag than a hot dog. Well, I'll tell you what I do, uh, just to, uh, to digress momentarily. Yes. Um, you know, we, we've, I've been going down to the local netball with um, said children for a number of years now. Yes. And, of course, they have the um, they have the barbecue down there. Yes, they have the kiosk. Uh, the kiosk. Uh, they actually don't have it in, for the spring comp, but the winter comp they do. Mm. So they've got the barbie all fired up, and you've got to go and work there from time to time. Oh, yeah, you know, that's nothing wrong with out. cooking a few no, snacks. So I was actually down there a couple of, a couple of seasons ago, and uh, they've got you know you can have a you can have a, uh, a, a, a sausage in bread and you yes. can have it with onion or without onion onion on top or, or onion on or the bottom or you can have a bake, egg and bacon roll oh yeah they're right? good too so I'm thinking time for some lateral thinking mm -hmm. here how about we make the whopper the whopper <laughs> so I invented and successfully sold the egg and bacon roll with a sausage and onion. Oh, look at you. Look at me. Look go. at you upselling. <laughs> so so then uh, I, I did Scratching that. Scratching your head going, what uh, are we going to charge so, for that? So, well, Yeah, well, exactly. Um, so I think I charged about eight bucks. Right? Oh, yeah, so, you would have made, made so money anyway, for the... So I, I did that on the day and people went, hey, you're a genius. I said, would you, you, know, would you, like, would you like to upscale to a would whopper? Would you like a whopper? What's a whopper? I've gone, well, it's one of those with an egg and bacon roll. I've Lots gone, of blokes there well, wearing earmuffs that were oh, very mate, bright. I'll tell you what, did lapping, I, lapping those up. Did I cure some hangovers that day? <laughs> so anyway, uh, I did it that day and then I went back sort of, you know, the next week and somebody else is on. I said, can I have a whopper? And they've gone... What's a whopper? <laughs> so I educated them about what. A, well, blow me down. The week after that, the whopper was up on the oh, board. Oh, Inventor. In egg and bacon with a sausage. Inventor. And onion inside. So anyway, I digress. With barbecue I'm, sauce. But I'm now back on track. Speaking about uh, sausages and dogs. So it says, hot dog, eat for a longer life. Now, you're smiling now. Right. <laughs> um, Doesn't sound right to me because they. No. Because it says. Every hot dog a person eats shortens their life by 36 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one of those mysteries. 
Like well, it's like a dim sim. You don't know what's in them. Or a chico roll. You don't know what's in them. Nah. Those hot dogs. Nah. And they look odd nah. because they're pink. Yep. And they've been sitting in tepid and, water. You know, they're rubbery and <laughs> they're rubbery. <laughs> they taste good though. <laughs> but they only taste good if you put onions and sauce and cheese on them. Yeah. And if you ate them without the bread and everything, they yeah, wouldn't taste boring. so no, good. No, they, they need condiments. They do need to, condiments. To make them uh, more palatable. Yeah. So it, uh, it just says here, however, a person can also add minutes to their healthy life uh, expectancy by eating better foods. Yeah, well, that's... Duh. Duh, duh, duh. <laughs> uh, a portion of nuts, for example, adds almost 26 minutes, while a peanut butter and jam sandwich... Here we go. Peanut butter and jam. So peanut yum. butter and jelly sandwich. Which I've is never, yum. I've never had one in my life. Oh, beautiful. Is it? You know, peanut so, butter and jam on toast. Oh, really? Oh, it's good. Is it? Oh, yeah. Well, that's the old peanut butter and jelly from the States, isn't it, that they but talk about? But, but if they call it jam jelly. Peanut butter on toast. Yeah. Your choice of jam, yeah. apricot jam, raspberry jam. Really? Try Any it. jam? Try it, beautiful. Maybe raspberry jam. Um, so peanut butter and jam sandwich gives a person more than half an hour extra life. So, so, my, so, <laughs> so to counterbalance the hot dog the hot I have dog. at the football, I have to have a peanut butter and jam. No, two of them. <laughs> two of them. Okay, um, I'll, I'll do the that. Fi- the findings come from the University of Michigan experts. There's experts, apparently, in Michigan, um, who created a standardised way of assessing the carbon footprint and nut- uh, nutritional effect of almost 6,000 foods. Clearly they would eat a lot of hot dogs in America, too. Their health... Their uh, baseball <laughs> games and oh, all that shit. Could you imagine? Huh? seen some of the burgers they knock out that are about eight feet tall. Have you seen the hot dog eating championships oh, where my. they stuff themselves oh, with about God. 60 of them in a minute? But isn't the, isn't the trick that they actually don't even chew them? That some people no, just open their them. gullet and just... <laughs> And then they soak the buns in, in water in and water. just chuck them down. The, uh, so the uh, Health uh, Nutritional Index was centred around the finding um, finding a way to calculate the direct influence of various meals, snacks and drinks. It works by calculating the health burden of one gram of any food and then scaling this up to standardised servicing size. Oh. For example, we found that on average, 0.45 minutes are lost per gram of any processed meat a person eats yeah. in the US. Yes. The study authors wrote, the 61 grams of processed meat in a hot dog results in 27 minutes of healthy life lost due to this amount of processed meat alone. Each item of food contribute, uh, contributes to a unique equation. Processed meat. Is, so, that, is mate, that what they're claiming is in a hot dog? Processed meat, seriously. <laughs> if there's any meat in there, oh, I don't know. Any meat. <laughs> uh, so, they, mate, I think the process is the- they remove the meat. <laughs> enjoy your hot dog. And make sure you have double the amount. No, of well, I'm going. I'm going off hot dogs now. <laughs> now that you've told me that, I'll have a pie instead. <laughs> if you ring me and go, I've just had a hot dog. I'm going to go. Oh, I'm going to know this bloke for thirty minutes less. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, I well, tell you what, mate. I'm, I, I, there's plenty of things that are going to kill me before the hot dogs yeah, do. Right. I'm, I'm dipping. I'm dipping. I reckon uh, I've, I've got a couple on my list too. I reckon so. <laughs> anyway, let's go out swinging. Yeah, let's go out swinging. Or eating. Hey, uh, just quickly, I want to talk to you about Jetpack Man. Oh, I saw this. Jetpack Man it was amazing. Yes, yes, yes. Here, here, where, anywhere? No, well, a year after he was first spotted zooming across the sky at high altitude, Jetpack Man is yes. back. Right. Pilots in Los Angeles, LA, back in the states. Yes, back in the states, have been warned of a possible jetpack sighting near the city's international airport, um, according to the Federal Aviation Administration. Yes. Use caution, an air traffic controller told a SkyWest pilot 
last Wednesday evening. The Jetpack Man is back. CBS reported that one pilot compared Jetpack Man to a Marvel superhero. Yeah, well, it, it sort of looked a bit like that. Well, yeah, when asked by air traffic controllers if he saw the UFO, the pilot replied, we did not see Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> the FAA said in the statement, a Boeing 747 pilot reported an object that might have resembled a jetpack 15 miles east of LAX at 5,000 feet altitude. 1,700 metres. Yeah. Only two kilometres up. The pilots of two commercial jets reported a person with a jetpack last August. In October, a China Airlines crew saw a man with a jetpack flying at 6,000 feet as they approached the airport. Experts say it is unlikely a jetpack tank could contain enough fuel for a person to fly at more than 5,000 feet. Feet, But one theory is that a mannequin has been strapped to a drone. Ah, right. So jetpack man. So it hasn't got the weight of a human, but it's That's got... That's right, because they're saying right. that a jetpack... Just couldn't, couldn't have enough fuel to get, in that high. to get in that But if you're a pilot and you're coming into land and you're at 5,000 feet and you suddenly see something fly <laughs> past your window, you go, what What the? Would you like fries with that? <laughs> what the hell is going yeah, on? Yeah, that, that'd, be pretty, hey? that'd be pretty scary. Jetpack man. Yeah. How good's that? Um, pretty would, scary, really. You shouldn't be flying around airports. Well, you would have to get air traffic control clearance, I would have thought. I would have thought so. It's pretty um, scary. Because if they stacked they... into it or it got new engine... What do you need? Engine, what do you need? No oxygen at that height? I, yes. Two thousand feet. Five thousand. Five thousand feet. You would. Yeah. Five thousand. Thought so. Yeah, it's getting there, isn't it? It'd be cold too. Yeah. Do you remember seeing the bloke that um, wore all the uh, all the gear and jumped out of just almost from outer space? Oh, and para- and parachuted down or whatever, yeah. or, or free fall. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, he had the he had the wings on. The, you know, the whole ah, oh, he's Birdman. He was like a Birdman thing, but sixty thousand feet. Like he had the whole oxygen thing going on, and sixty thousand feet. Yeah. He was on the uh, on the edge of the atmosphere. Okay, that's out of my comfort zone. That's Something a, like that. That's a long way. That's out. a long way out of my a long way to get a sausage roll. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> certainly is, Scotty. Um, certainly is. Anyway, so um, there you go, Jetpack Man. Yep. So a Marvel superhero. Uh, lots of there was lots of coverage. Would you love to ride on a jetpack? Uh, yeah. How much fun would that be? Oh, it'd be good well, fun. Have you? But have you seen the ones in Queensland? The 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 water jetpack. Yeah, that's the one I want to do. Yeah. Where you come out of the water yeah, on the on the, the water, water spray because it, it's basically a jet ski on your back, yeah. punching the water through and punching you up into the. I air. like to try that. Or it looks hard. It actually. Well, if you hard. tip yourself, you just go bang yeah, straight in the water. <laughs> Face, and you'd hurt your yourself. Your face plant, or you end up the power lines. <laughs> <laughs> and the water and the power probably don't mix. I'm not sure. Oh, you're probably right. <laughs> but it looks fun when someone's it operating like, it correctly. Yes, when someone's doing it well, it looks look, really it good. It looks very I think good. it's one of those, when, it, when it's going beautifully, it's it's going beautifully. And when it's not going so beautifully. When it's tipping, not it's so good. no good. You're going sideways <laughs> at 100 miles an hour. Stacking into boats and oh, taking now, out now, ships. Now, tell you what, this, this, this just happened to... I mean, talk about technology and yeah. advancement. I suppose this is a nice segue. And surely this only had to be a matter of time. And yet, I, I scratched my head a bit thinking, surely this is sort of almost happening now, but, but maybe not. Maybe these people are just going to take over the world and do this. Yep. Netflix... We can go and rent a movie, or you. Pay some I was on it last and, night. Yeah, there you go. I'm on it nearly every day. You know what right? I was watching last night? No, go on. My youngest son, yes, loves the Ronnie Dawes show. Ronnie Dawson. Ronnie Dawson on on 
Sunday night, the homicide oh, yeah, okay. investigation, you know, cold oh, yeah, case, yeah. old cases yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, if you like crime shows, you want to watch Underbelly. Oh, gosh, yes. So he oh, said, yeah. he said, Underbelly sounds oh, daggy. Oh, I said, oh, hang on. wait. So I went on the Netflix. Yeah. And I, season one, episode one, Underbelly. You've really? seen it. I've oh, seen yeah, it. Yeah. Alphonse Gangitano, I Vince think, Colosimo. I think I saw it before I was meant to. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody did. Yeah. Um, so um, I, le- I left him at 10 o'clock. He's watched seven episodes oh. last night. He's gone, how good's this? Has he seen Chopper? No. No, oh, I'll, I'll get him to watch that it. next. Because they've just done a, a, yeah. a re-digitalisation Re- yeah. or something of Chopper, Chopper but, 20 years But it stands the, the test of time. Oh, yeah. And it's still great. Oh, it's a great, great laugh. Well, you just prompted me. It's I'll, a great I'll, I'll have to go back yeah, and watch yeah, a couple of Yeah, it's really, really good fun. Cash. There's no cash here. <laughs> well, oh, that's, oh, that's, that's Chopper. Chopper. So, yeah, yeah. Um, no, they were great actors in, uh, yeah, in, in that show. Yeah, fantastic. They were brilliant. All great Australian actors, yeah, yeah. and it stands up really well. And he's watching, he's going... Oh, I know that house. I yeah. know. Yeah, because it's all filmed in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anyway, so I digress. So Alfon- I was on the, the flicks last night. Alphonse Gadget. What are they up to? I remember Alphonse Gadget. Oh, wasn't he slick? He's slick. Hey? Um, anyway, so, you've got something there well, about Netflix. Well, only, uh, so the extrapolation, I suppose, uh, was only natural at some point, it would seem. Um, Netflix has hired a veteran video game executive as the streaming giant eyes an expansion into the gaming industry. Well, right. That's called so, brand extension. So, so does this take away? So, if you've got the PS4 and you go and buy the game, you don't need to buy the game anymore. You pay a subscription and you can go and get a million games at your fingertips. Well, maybe. So, no, it doesn't mean you can gamble. So, here we go. Here's some names you might be familiar with. It comes after Amazon, yeah. <laughs> Google, and Microsoft never heard of them. Made investments in online gaming, a growing and competitive market. Oh, so online gambling, so, not gambling. No, 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 gaming. Gaming. Oh, it's gaming. It's not gaming. Oh, it's not oh. gambling. It's gaming. Oh, I thought you said they no, were getting, about, getting no, into the sports. No, 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 no. So um, gaming into a, So when they call it a compet, a growing and competitive market, bingo. Well, apparently, <laughs> oh. this this might be totally incorrect, but. It's never stopped me before. <laughs> I think more people are into gaming than actually watch those subscription 100%. services. Uh, it, it's off the charts. It's a stuff. thing that I, I'm not into, but it's a thing. It, I mean, I made it home. I think we're the wrong target demographic. Well, we're, we're not for the it, demographic, but, but yeah. I got to I got to tell you, if they if they put something in our wheelhouse that um, you know was sort of of interest, I'm be cracking it. Well, you know, imagine winemaking as a game or something. Yes. Hey? There's an idea. Um, there's an idea. Um, now, I'll made at home. Um, he'll sit there and play against five others that uh, yeah. I don't even know where they are. And they've all got the headsets and the and the walkie-talkie and the, the yeah, microphone yeah, things. Yeah. And, oh, you, you told me you were going to be my ally and, you know, you, you double-crossed me. And, oh, mate, it's it's wow. on. But some of, the, um, some of these people that are writing, I mean, they're talking about 20 hours a day. Like Gee, it's a bit, it's an addiction bit, stuff, right? So Mike Verdu will be vice president of game development. What a great job that is! VP of VP game development. VP of game development. Netflix has confirmed he has worked at Facebook and has a background at gaming firms dating back to the 1990s. So yeah, you know, 30 he years ago. So he knows it. Bloomberg reported Netflix was considering adding video games to its streaming service. There you go. Why wouldn't they? Brand extension. I'd, Mad if they didn't. I, I, uh, here's here's my gut feel. Um, either Amazon, Google, or Microsoft, or a combination of all three, will own nearly everything in the world in the next twenty years. 
unless governments stop them doing so. Um, I've even uh, I've even been advised um, or, or hear on the grapevine that um, Google will be at the forefront of um, driverless vehicles. Yeah, your pet subject. My pet subject. Now, Scotty, we'll take a little song break now. Oh, brilliant! Because I've been I've been I've been building song lists. Yes, because that's the way I waste my time because I'm not a gamer. And um, I've been building a little bit of an alt country sort of oh. um, list. I thought we might have been having a bit of uh, Rolling Stones. No, well, I've played a bit on them this week, yeah, but I'm, and I'm sure this radio station's yeah, played plenty I, of I, them. I think every station's played plenty <laughs> of. I reckon all I heard yesterday was, all day was Rolling Stones. Yeah, no, R.I.P. Charlie. Yeah, Watts. yeah, yeah. Um, no, we're going the deep south uh, of ah. the states, and what, um, a banjo. Yeah, well, there's not banjo in this, but um, it's a great song, yes. and by a band called the Band of Horses. Okay. And you might not have heard of them before. I've never heard of but them. But I'm before. gonna see what you think of them. Okay.
There you go, Scotty. There's uh, a bit of uh, there's a new band for you to I get like into. That. I like yeah. that, and yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you where it took me, because I was thinking, uh, I, I like the lyrics, um, I like the melody. Uh, the uh, the lead singer's got a very good voice, and I could see us at a winery on a Sunday afternoon. Yep. I reckon they're an afternoon laid back. You know, you're sitting there with a glass of wine. Uh, I can't see them in a smoky, pub-filled sort of grunge environment. They're, uh, they need to be out there and seen by the feel of them, and I reckon uh, you know, day on the lawn. Day on the lawn. A day on the lawn band for me. Well, that's a fine <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do that this weekend. Well, yeah. <laughs> that was the band of horses called, a song called Laredo for people that are, are looking for something new and interesting to, uh, like to do. It. Spotify them. I like it. I like They're a very good band. Yep. Now, <laughs> <laughs> Something I've been waiting for <laughs> is this little concept you've got. So over to you. All right. Well, you know, sometimes I, I find things and yes. then I like to extrapolate out a little yes, bit. Yes, this is your speciality. So, so this is a extrapolation. <clears throat> so, so I came across this and it's all it says was um, funny book by I'm a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so. Our black and white library of funny book names and authors is bulging at the seams as readers send uh, uh, sending in their favourites by the truckload. Um, how about Bob from the Basin? Bob from the Basin. <laughs> it's, it's funny to begin with, right? Bob from the Basin has donated The Glancing Bullet, a thriller by Rick O'Shea. Rick O'Shea. <laughs> guy- so, so these are... These are book names. Yes, book names and their authors. Oh, right. So what was that one there? The, yeah, glancing, so the glancing Bullet, bullet by, yeah, by Rick O'Shea. Rick O'Shea yeah. being a okay. boom t- Hang on, hang on. <laughs> surely, surely <laughs> I've got a boom tish. <laughs> no, that's a drum roll. Um, <laughs> I'll look up. I'll find a boom tish. There'll now, be a boom tish. Now, um, <laughs> so there was another one. Um, it was called, uh, the book was called Cordoned Off, and it was by Emma Bunting. Oh. <laughs> I actually made that one up. <laughs> um, a Guide to Growing Flowers by Chris and Am Thumb. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> there it is. Yes. Ian Baxter from Berwick. He should have been Baxter from Baxter, really. Yeah. But Ian Baxter from Berwick said in Surgery, a, a Profitable Hobby by Dr. Rip Sucher. <laughs> Wait, what was that one again? Dr. Rip Sucher. <laughs> Very good. Uh, yes. Larry from Gielston Bay in Hobart. Gave us Over the Cliff by Hugo First. <laughs> Gene from Ringwood contributed A Sick Russian by Ivan. Oh, I can't even pronounce his surname. <laughs> Ivan or Fulkov. Anyway, uh, I can't find the funny piece of that. Um, while Tim from Altona, <laughs> don't you love that? Tim from Altona and Bob from the Basin. Tim from Altona said Murder in the Chook House by A Fox and Paul. Tatterson. <laughs> don't, don't get that uh, one. <laughs> by A Fox. Oh. Yeah. Right. Chook in the wheelhouse. Uh, in the in the Fox house. Um, who hails from Mafra. He sent us a couple of editions. Uh, he's donated Oh My Aching Joints by Arthur Itis. <laughs> another, an, another called... <laughs> how, <laughs> yeah, an, another called How to Combat a Rabbit Plague by Warren Full. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they sort of read it, but I just went and I thought, well, there's got to be some other funny ones uh, that potentially might be sort of floating around. So I, I, I did find a, a few. Um, back Problems by Eileen Bent. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, bacteria by Mike Robes. Yeah, like that. <laughs> 
Um, Blushing by Rosie Cheeks. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Advantageous by Benny Fischel. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I had another one here. Too Much Power by uh, Jess Osterone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not bad, not bad, not bad. I made that one up too. Oh, well, I think yours are better than the other ones that came in. <laughs> uh, uh, American Independence by uh, Bertha uh, Venation. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah, made wait, up, wait. I reckon. Um, yeah, Art and Culture by Phyllis Stein. <laughs> oh, yeah, not bad. Uh, are You Dancing by Are You Asking? <laughs> oh, I like that. Uh, Fortright, um, uh, Forthright by Frank Opinion. <laughs> uh, I, I, my head's actually hurting. Drinking, <laughs> yeah, drinking to Excess by Alcoholic. <laughs> um uh, empty glass by Phil Etup. <laughs> fill it, fill it up, <laughs> fill it up. Uh, anyway, so French cooking by Souffle. <laughs> um, Genie by Al Adden. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, they were they weren't as funny the second time. Actually, <laughs> as I say, oh, the only, the only other one I wrote was uh, a book called The Crack by Edith Cocaine. Uh, oh, yeah, very good. Very good. Uh, now I'm going to continue. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, not, yeah, bad. not great. Not great. <laughs> not now I want to continue on because I want to read you an ode to a landmark. Yeah, good. Because it was uh, where I was remiss in uh, not putting up my hand to the teacher last week and saying, "Miss, I, I want to read this, please." Yeah, and, you uh, didn't do your it. homework. So this was um, while we can't visit our uh, most beloved Melbourne landmarks right now, we can pay tribute to our favourites in verse. So, um, our series of localised limericks uh, uh, written by readers has inspired John Kruger of St Albans to kick off a series of What Am I? Yeah. Uh, and they're called What Am I? Poems. Can you guess the local landmark before you read the final line? So, okay. So what am I doing? So I'm, you've I, just got to guess what this guess landmark what it is. And, and it's actually pretty obvious. But anyway, it's just a bit of fun. Um, thousands of people use me all day long. From northwest in Sunbury to the southeast in Dandenong. When the rush is on, my course rocks, and friends and lovers meet under the clocks. My style is Edwardian, and I'm topped with a dome. Victoria is the state that I call home. That's Flinders Street Station. Yes, it is. I'll finish the rest if you don't, uh, if that's okay with you, because it's mm. just a lovely little place. A true Melbourne icon and beloved by the people as I sit diagonally across from a well-known steeple. I like to think that I'm the best in the nation. I am, of course, Flinders Street Station. Lovely. Yes. And, um, and there's one more, uh, if I may. And here's another. Upgraded in the 50s for a certain, uh, a certain event. It's played host to the, to the biggest event. Such as John Coleman, Don Brabham, and evangelist Billy Graham. The footy, the cricket, the rugby too. A plethora of sport for me and for you. And around the ground, the seating is grand, from Bay 13 to the Ponsford Stand. Mm, yes, I knew it. I knew <laughs> anyway, there start. we go. So that was good. That's um, the G. So that was the G. And then the other one that I really wanted to share with you last week was, because um, you know I love the, the, the very old historical pieces of black, this black and white yes, section like of that. the paper. Yes. So, um, and, and of course... Um, uh, I, I started reading it. I just got fascinated by, by the whole thing. Um, and it's called, Hey, Let's Do Shots. So what are you thinking? 
I'm thinking either um, tequila. Yep. Or or AstraZeneca. And if I gave you if I gave you 1840, would that change your opinion? Yes, yes, it would. It'd be uh, it'd be probably cholera or tetanus. All right. So it's unknown what gentleman's tiff triggered the pistol duel between. Oh, pistols. Okay. Yes. Right. Okay. There we go. The I pistol didn't... duel between two of early Melbourne's prominent citizens. William Rari and Peter Snodgrass. Snodgrass. Oh, don't you love a Snodgrass? Yeah, I don't know any Snodgrasses. No, I don't know a Snodgrass, but I'm glad he's in this one. I'm glad he's hey? in this one. But over the early hours of New Year's Day of 1840, the duel descended into comical farce with one foolish blunder after another. Because um, they're meant to do the 10 paces. Aren't they meant to face away from face each away other? and then... Walk 10 paces, says, turn and shoot. Somebody says, go. <laughs> yes. They turn around and try and pop each other. Uh, the bizarre- what, ha- what happens, oh. right? Just sorry. To, yeah, to no, go. If you turn around at, at, at nine paces and, and shoot, yep. is that like a false start? Yeah, you've got you to shoot yourself in the and, head. And, and the starter shoots his gun <laughs> for know, a false start? No, you got to shoot yourself in the head. <laughs> <laughs> That's the penalty. <laughs> the bizarre... No, but the, oh, I'll tell you, this yeah. is what happened. The bizarre jewel is recounted in today's new episode of the free uh, weekly in the black and white podcast. So there's a podcast that actually talks about this. Um, Ryrie started Victoria's first commercial vineyard uh, at Yering in the Yarra Valley. I know it well. Yering Estate. While Snodgrass was a well-known pastoralist and later politician. It's believed Snodgrass challenged Ryrie to the duel following a heated exchange at dinner on New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. In many respects, he was lucky to even uh, go on to make wine, given that he was nearly killed in this duel uh, nearly, sorry, nearly killed in this duel, uh, Oliver says. What, it, what were they fighting over? Do I'll we tell know? you right now. Okay. So, a heated, it, a heated it, argument. It is believed, uh, it is believed Snodgrass, uh, Snodgrass challenged Ryrie to the duel following a heated exchange. Uh, sorry, I've just read that. In many reasons, uh, you know, I've just read that. Uh, it's unclear what sparked the duel, but they are often uh, they are, they often fought over gambling debts, women. Or perceived insults. <laughs> what? That covers a multitude <laughs> of sins, doesn't it? Part for the course of those. Women, <laughs> perceived insults. And there's got to be some grog involved. <laughs> there's right? got to be, yeah. uh, The pair met um, at the Melbourne Club in Collins. Of course Street. they did. Hey? Oh, jolly good. Oh, uh, come and meet my friend, Mr. Snodgrass. Then walked together along with each of their two seconds. So they had uh, each of them had like yes, a sidekick, right? yes. For support, <laughs> what pick up their body when they were dead? <laughs> for support to Batman's Hill for the planned midnight duel. Midnight, midnight. Oh, it's got to be a midnight duel, doesn't <clears throat> it? Duels are meant to be quite a uh, quite serious affair. Uh, people obviously died during duels. <laughs> no kidding. No. Shit. But this one quickly descended into an absolute farce. Oliver says. First of all, when they got the location, they realised they didn't have guns. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ryrie second was sent out at midnight to find guns to have the duel. He returned with the guns with pistols in hand. Um, next, the jewelers realised they had no bullets. Oh, <laughs> the only place they could get ammunition at this particular time was at the home of the military commandment for the town on Collins Street. A guy called Captain Smith. So Ryrie second went uh, was sent to wake up the commandant. Apparently, Captain Smith's wife was very upset, (laughs) but it was a matter of honour, so Captain Smith, despite everything, agreed to provide the bullets. The sun was rising by the time the duel finally began, but Snodgrass was so nervous he mishandled his pistol and shot himself in the toe. (laughs) (laughs) Ryrie Ryrie enacted 
what was called the gentleman's code and fired his, uh, fired his pistols symbolically into the air to end the duel. The botched duel with Rory, <laughs> Rory was not to be snodgrassed last. The next year, he took a lawyer, Redmond Barry, later a Supreme Court judge, and was again sparred by chivalry, this time when he discharged his pistol before he could take aim. <laughs> so, this bloke was never meant He's to shoot good. a gun. So, listen, if, you, oh. if you're going to challenge someone to a, a duel... Oh. You'd want to you'd be a good shot, oh, right? I'll tell you what. You'd, you'd Otherwise, be... you'd challenge them to something else you'd... that you were good at. It's just a drinking competition. <laughs> something <laughs> something. <laughs> Any, a pizza-eating competition. Sounds like Mr Snodgrass should have challenged oh, him to a shoot your own oh, shoot yourself you in the what. foot yeah, competition. So I'm going to shoot myself in the foot to get me out of the first one. Uh, oh, no. The first piece is we'll turn up without guns. <laughs> uh, then we'll have no bullets. Then I'll shoot myself in the foot. And then I'll shoot too early. Oh. <laughs> So there we go. So even the uh, even the best of them can't die. <laughs> it seems very good. What have you got, mate? Well, speaking of black and white, yes, I want to talk about pandas. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Collingwood. <laughs> no, 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 they're, they're self imploding themselves. <laughs> yeah, so they don't need any help. Correct. Um, I just want to. This is news out of China, China, and Beijing. Right. Giant, pan, giant pandas are no longer classified as an endangered species. Oh. Are we being overrun by pandas now? The number in the wild rose by 20% last year. Wow. To about 1,800. Right. Um, Hong Rong, <laughs> Deputy Director of the Chengdu Giant Panda Breeding Research Base, yes. the CGPBRB, of course it is, mm, yes. said population growth had risen um, to 12% in the last 20 years. Right. And average life expectancy is extended by nearly 10 years. Wow. Uh, Mr. How, How, Mr. Ho, Mr. Wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Mr. How, wrong. Is that How Wrong? Yeah, how Wrong. <laughs> said the number of animals at, her, at, <clears throat> at the Institute had risen from 18 in 1994 to 206. Wow. Last year. But she cautioned that the species was still classified as vulnerable right. to, to what she doesn't refer. Right. He doesn't refer. Um, so there you go. Pandas are back. 1,800 doesn't sound a lot, does it? Well, it's not a lot. It's not endangered, but they still you know, need to be protected. Have we got enough bamboo for them? There's plenty of bamboo, apparently. Is there? That's a scourge of the earth, bamboo. It have is. you ever tried to get rid of bamboo? Yes, I have. It's Never shocking. ever plant bamboo. Uh, no, or if only, you do, put it in a pot. Well, the only way I could get rid of my bamboo, I actually got a drill and got some... No, just get a panda in. <laughs> just... <laughs> just, just go and hire a panda for the weekend. Go and hire a panda. Do they st- do, can you just hire, sit there and eat it? Can you hire a panda at Bunnings? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, just go up to the panda aisle. <laughs> <laughs> You're pandering to me now. Oh, I am. <laughs> I am. Very uh, good. Very good. Very good. Hey, um, I just had this little one. Um, hair. Not something of, of that's um, that mu- familiar with. The musical or? No. Yeah, dr- oh. as in hairdressers. Oh, right across the UK, yep. are being urged to do their bit for the environment right. by recycling snipped-off hair yes. to help clean up oil spills, make comp- compost, or generate energy. What? Spare hair. What? I, I don't have much spare hair. I'm a bit. But spare hair can be used in depolluting filters to clean up motor oil. A kilo of hair is able to absorb up, up to eight litres of oil. I need something in a driveway. <laughs> the idea of using hair filters yeah. originated in the US and has been tested in real disasters such as when a Japanese tanker sank off the coast of Mauritius a year ago. What? They just chucked a whole lot of wigs at it. 
So all these bald people because they've made to shave off their hair. <laughs> Throw your wig at it. Oh, my God. The UK was lagging behind in recycling unwanted hair when the Green Salon Collective formed last summer. Green Salon Collective. Yes. That's the waste produced by the hairdressing industry in the UK each year could fill up 50 football stadiums, the collective said. In terms of hair? The hair or that's just... swept up at barbershops. Right. Why don't they make jumpers out of them? Well, I think they're just chucking it at oil spills <laughs> at the minute. So, does it have to be refined or does, do they have to reconstitute it into another form or they just stand there and not sure whether just it's let the wind or head, head hair or chest hair or well, what I, kind of hair I'm it is? I'm just confused now. But who's collecting the hair? Yeah, who's collecting it? Yeah, exactly. I said people with big balls of hair in their houses. I don't know. I mean... So, this hasn't given me much, this article. No, I was going to say, it's left... Uh, I didn't do my research. It's, it's actually left us asking more questions <laughs> than we have answers. Asking a lot of questions. I've just got this image of uh, oil tanker spills, yeah. like the Exxon Valdez, yeah. and a whole lot of helicopters coming over just dropping just wigs on it. <laughs> on that happy note... Break. We're off. Oh, so we're, we're off. We're, we're done. On. Oh, we're done. Anyway, um, thanks for listening to yeah. Smoking Guns. Had a blast. Nice. See you soon. See you. See you, mate.